know what type of wave I'm on Between the lines podcast Yeah Baby, I didn't try to give you all of me Voice keep calling and my past keep haunting me It's bone chilling, living in the motherfucking odyssey Somewhere along the way I lost my passion for the artistry That's real, I ain't got no time for a dinner date If you want the beat, then we can bring it to your dinner plate and set you straight, swear I gotta float and make the levy break They been hating on a young boy like I'm NBA Hey, between the lives podcast Before I turn the lights off Can I? And welcome back to the Between the Lies podcast, where we deep dive into whatever wicked or warped subject I might find my way into on that given week. Today, I was planning to unveil some more stories of the missing 411 and some of the lore in that, but I've actually decided to put it on hold, and I'm considering this sort of an emergency episode. And obviously, it's not a real emergency, but when it comes to conspiracy people, people who read between the lies and look for the truth in things, whether that be on TikTok, Rumble, I mean, there's a bunch of other websites and stuff where there's a lot of truth and not that much is being censored. I think it's important to do this podcast to address two of the main things that have happened since the new year turned. The first being the Jeffrey Epstein list that has recently dropped, and it did confirm some of our unfortunate suspicions about certain people who have been associated with Jeffrey Epstein, and we're going to talk in depth about that. And it's just further proof to me, at least in my mind and my opinion, that this world is being completely controlled and we are being played like a fiddle. But now that we really know what's really going to change, that's a whole nother story. Secondly, we're going to talk about Cat Williams' interview on Club Shay Shay, which is Shannon Sharp, greatest tight end of all time, one of the greatest, top two or three greatest tight ends of all time. Of course, he has Club Shay Shay, which is a YouTube program he hosts. Um, and he had Cat Williams on as well, who Cat Williams for the longest time has been spewing truth about the industry. And I just feel like at this time in this year, in this time and age, we are so much more open to some of the things that he was discussing in the interview. So I want to go in depth about some of the things that he speculated on and spoke about in the interview and why that confirms some of our suspicions we've had for a long time about hip-hop, the rap game, the entertainment industry, Hollywood specifically. And that's something I've spoken in depth about on the Between the Lies podcast. So there's a lot to get to, but as always, I'm excited, and let's get to it. So first and foremost, I want to go over the official list that was actually released. These are apparently from court documents, so I'm reading them straight off of a mainstream media website. This is not exactly being hidden by the mainstream media, which is another weird thing I'm considering. I mean, how wasn't it hidden and why now for them to release the Epstein list? I mean, we've been talking about this for, what, three plus years, if not more? Um, so for them to release it at this date and time, of course, is a court proceeding, but you wonder kind of about the timing. It's a new year. It's 2024. Is all this shit about to hit the fan? Because at the end of the day, these type of things were were the most protected things I thought in the world. A few months ago, if you asked me, I would have told you that we would never receive official Epstein list about some of the people who were on the island or on the planes. I just couldn't fathom that it would happen. So for it to happen, I am completely shell-shocked and shocked to even be reading this. But let's talk about some of the names that were on the list, and we'll go from there. Before I do drop any names, though, I think it's important to provide the background on the list, matter of fact, because I want to make sure that I'm covering all the bases 
dotting all the I's and crossing the T's, if you will. So what is the Epstein list, you might ask? Following a request from the Miami Herald, uh, the judge in a Ghislaine Maxwell case ruled in favor of unsealing these documents from a defamation case against Ghislaine Maxwell, arguing that much of the information was already public. So, of course, before we had these so-called lists that come out, and I really had no way to confirm them, and for that reason, I basically ruled them out in terms of their legitimacy because to me anybody can print something and put it on TikTok and say that it's a fact of course it's easy to jump to conclusions in some of these instances and I'm guilty of that too I get so excited about the specific theories that in my head at least I jump to conclusions but let's provide more of the background so of course Jeffrey Epstein the millionaire businessman charged with sex trafficking and Ghislaine Maxwell a former socialite and longtime confidant of Epstein basically his right-hand man, who was a woman, have faced numerous allegations they contributed to the sexual abuse and assault of minors and helped other powerful individuals do the same. Epstein's so-called death, which was ruled a suicide, which we know was not a suicide, it was either a murder or the man's still alive, but I digress, uh, it was ruled a suicide by federal authorities and it occurred in prison while he was awaiting trial. Nonetheless, these unsealed documents, they come from a variety of court filings, emails, police reports, and depositions with figures that are key to the case, including former employees and victims of Epstein and Maxwell, as well as police officers. The depositions in particular contain accusations of sexual misconduct by figures in Epstein and Maxwell's circles. Narratives on how Maxwell and others in Epstein's employed recruited girls and young women to work at the Epstein properties and details of sex acts at least some of those recruited were coerced into, often under the guise of giving massages or participating in lingerie modeling jobs. So with that said, based on what I'm reading there, not all of these names were necessarily on the flights or were on the flight log, although that's been claimed by many people. It seems like these are just names that came up in the deposition, and like I said, it includes police officers. It includes some of the Epstein victims as well. So this would be, hypothetically, people that they are identifying as being there, being around, being associated with Epstein. And uh, let's go over the names and go from there. So first we have Ghislaine Maxwell, to no one's surprise. We have Prince Andrew, which that's been going on for a long time. We're not surprised to hear Prince Andrew's name uh, mentioned in accordance with Epstein. That's no secret. Of course, here we have Bill Clinton, which is to nobody's surprise, but to see it basically confirmed, at least in court documents that are being released, is just shocking to me. But I could go on and on on a different episode all about the Clintons and all of the horrible things they have done and the fact that they aren't in prison by now is literally the craziest thing to me. Like, I am actually baffled by it. I talk to my friends about it. It's like one of those things, there's just so much proof of how corrupt they are. And like people always say, money talks and bullshit walks, I guess. We also have Hillary Clinton on the list, which is no surprise to everybody. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, it's at least been speculated for a long time, are into an open marriage and openly fool around with other people. Donald Trump, of course, is on the list, which we'll get to in just a little bit. David Copperfield, the magician. John Connolly, a New York police detective turned investigative journalist who investigated Epstein. So again, this list is not necessarily just claiming names that were directly involved with Epstein. It just seems to be names 
of some list that was involved in the deposition. But again, these names are loosely associated with Jeffrey Epstein, and a lot of these people have not come out to deny these claims, so that's a whole nother story. So we have Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, is one of the biggest actors in the entire world. Al Gore, former U.S. Vice President under Bill Clinton. Most notably, he has been a climate change advocate since he lost the election around 2000, I want to say it was, yep, 2000 is when he lost the election. He built his career on climate change. We have Stephen Hawking, who to imagine Stephen Hawking at Epstein Island is rather frightening. I won't go into that. Um, Michael Jackson, we have Marvin Minsky, who's an artificial intelligence pioneer, so somebody very powerful in the world today, especially. We have Kevin Spacey, well-known actor. George Lucas, so we literally have the director, the creator, the end-all, be-all in terms of Star Wars, who's involved and loosely at least associated with Epstein here. So it's not like it's your run-of-the-mill celebrities, B- or D-list celebrities. I mean, these are A-list celebrities, people like Leonardo DiCaprio, the creator of Star Wars, George Lucas. We have Kate Blanchett, the Australian actress, Naomi Campbell, Bruce Willis, another one of the biggest movie stars of all time, Cameron Diaz, Chris Tucker, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, at that point, the list kind of tailors off to certain people that I don't personally know. Of course, I will in due time do my research on some of these people, but it answers the question, the fact that some of the biggest names in entertainment period and some of the people behind the scenes in terms of movie pioneers such as somebody like George Lucas who's literally aligned with Disney and Star Wars and brought that franchise to the highest mountaintop is now associating with somebody like Jeffrey Epstein. Secondly, we have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the list, which I am completely torn about. I have to admit, in the past maybe two years since he's been running, I want to say it's been a one and a half to two years uh, that he's been running, at least publicly. I've been seeing it a lot on TikTok. As somebody who's an avid so-called conspiracy theorist, as horrible as that term sounds, I actually believed in Robert F. Kennedy, at least at a certain point. He checks all the boxes when it comes to his speeches. Everything he says is common sense, and he kind of talks about overhauling the entire system of government. It wasn't until that I saw a TikTok where on some type of local podcast, or it might have been a big podcast, I'm not sure, he actually mentioned that he was on Epstein's plane twice, and this certainly raised my eyebrows in that circumstance. I mean, you have to wonder why somebody who's supposedly rebelling against the establishment is now on Jeffrey Epstein's plane and is admitting it freely. Now, Robert F. Kennedy would state that he only took the plane to get from point A to point B somewhere in America, and this was before he really knew or anybody knew that Jeffrey Epstein was up to these nefarious tasks that he would end up being known for. But at the end of the day, I don't buy that. You shouldn't buy that. No one should buy that. At the end of the day, these A-list celebrities who are associated with Epstein, you have to start to wonder, they had to know something was going on. Now it becomes the question, were they doing these acts on their own, or was this some type of celebrity blackmail to try to control the masses of celebrities so that they're all on the same page? It begs the question, everybody in Hollywood supposedly is a Democrat or feels a certain way about certain situations, and there's very rarely somebody in Hollywood that stands up to it and gives their true political opinion. 
Is it possible that the whole function of somebody like Jeffrey Epstein is to help control these celebrities, take them to an island, blackmail them in the sense of putting them with somebody who's underage, maybe even on camera, and then controlling them through that? I mean, what better blackmail would people have to control these Hollywood celebrities? And we've all agreed on multiple episodes of the podcast, as well as on my TikTok, it is very clear that something evil is brewing in Hollywood. Is it possible that these islands are just a sick extension of that evil? Lastly, I just want to go over how baffled I am at the fact that Jeffrey Epstein, as he was awaiting trial, apparently so-called commits suicide, although there's absolutely no proof that he's even dead at all. So you mean to tell me that one of the most high-profile criminals of all time, based on the circumstances and charges he was facing happens to be in a jail cell where there are no cameras to protect him. Again, one of the most high-profile prisoners of all time, awaiting maybe the biggest trial in American history, and the cameras aren't working, so they have no clue how he committed suicide. And the guards that were brought in were actually brand-new guards. They weren't the normal guards who were working the camera systems and that ward that night. And the so-called new guards that they brought in just happened to fall asleep at the wheel, per se. So you mean to tell me they happened to fall asleep, they were brand new guards who didn't know what they were doing, and all of the cameras in a single ward for one of the most high-profile prisoners of all time just happened to fail all in the same night. My point is this. The fact that they will try to convince us that that man committed suicide and wasn't either murdered or taken somewhere else and is being protected is beyond me, and that in itself should prove to you that we're dealing with a load of bullshit here. And at the end of the day, we shouldn't accept it. And when lists like this come out, we should start asking questions. We should be able to ask Donald Trump why he's associated with Jeffrey Epstein. We should be able to ask Robert F. Kennedy in a public forum why he's on the Epstein list, let alone all these celebrities. I mean, I grew up I thought Chris Tucker was the funniest person in the world in Rush Hour. I still think that. He was also in Friday and Friday After Next, etc. One of the best characters I've ever seen. But then you see one of your idols growing up on a list like this, and it just begs the question, what the hell are these people doing on the Epstein list? Are they really being controlled? Is it something deeper than we even understand? I mean, we know a little bit about what happened at Epstein's Island with underage girls, but we also hear things about these child rings and ch children being taken left and right. And these millions and millions of children that go missing every year. Is that some sick part of it? I mean, there's so much to it. But at the end of the day, you cannot convince me that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. That's not something I'm willing to argue with someone. Last thing that I want to say about it before we move on to the second subject of today's Between the Lies podcast is that I hope more information comes out in terms of the Epstein list, and I hope and pray, as I always have, that we find out the true motives behind these people being associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Is it true that some of them didn't know what he was up to? I'd like to believe that, but it is hard to believe in the same breath. I just hope that one day we find out the true narrative and exactly what happened. That way we can stop it from happening again, but I fear... The entertainment industry, Hollywood, the powers that be that control this world are far too powerful, 
And basically, if they don't want something to come out, it won't come out. Maybe this court proceeding came out by luck or by chance, and we have our hands on it, and we should be grateful for that. But we may never know the true happenings at Epstein Island, and that's sick to think about. But I also want to remind everybody that's not the first time an island was used for underage boys or girls, and there were celebrities flying through. On a different episode of the Between the Lies podcast, we talk about North Fox Island, which operated in the 70s, which also had some eerie similarities to Jeffrey Epstein's island. There were boys being flown through, there were celebrities coming through, and then it was totally unraveled, and the owner basically fled. But it's like the same exact game plan for Epstein Island. So that, to me, points to the fact that has this been going on for years? Has this been going on for hundreds of years and we're just unaware of it? Is it possible that there's a hundred people like Jeffrey Epstein in this world that we're not aware of? I can only pray at the end of the day that we end up finding more information and can put a stop to this for the future because if these people were associated and doing these acts, they first of all deserve to go to prison and they absolutely deserve the death penalty and I won't back down on that either. And these so-called politicians who we think care about us, like Robert Kennedy or Donald Trump, yes, he made the economy great, and that is true. Nobody can ever take that away from Trump. He may be the better option in 2024, and that's my personal opinion. But at the end of the day, he was associated with Epstein. So was Robert Kennedy. So was Joe Biden, who I did not read off of that list, but he was also apparently on the list. And even if he wasn't on the list, I've literally seen him sniff children and just be the weirdest person I have ever seen to ever be president of the United States. But all these people are not to be trusted. It's hard to believe, especially for me in my mind at 27 years old, especially with this conspiracy mind that I have inherited for better or for worse. It's hard for me to believe that anybody is truly on the people's side at this point in time. It seems like it's quite the opposite. But I do want to move on and talk about some of the Cat Williams stuff because I've been watching it for the past week or so, and I'm really excited to go over some of the stuff he talked about on the Shannon Sharp interview. For those of us who don't know, Cat Williams is maybe the most outstanding comedian that I've ever personally witnessed. I would recommend watching a few of his old specials in the time frames of anywhere from 2004 to 2010. Somewhere in that time range, he was killing it comedically. He has always been outspoken. He has always been somebody who played with the idea of Illuminati and gatekeepers and hip-hop and would make jokes about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. And at even at that time, it was threatened that he would be canceled over it. He's always been a polarizing figure in comedy, somebody not afraid to speak his mind. So nonetheless, he was on Shannon Sharp's show on YouTube called Club Shay Shay, and he dropped some truth bombs that I want to go over today. So we're going to read pieces of the transcript that stuck out to me, and we're going to circle back to some of the themes and some of these things Kat is saying, kind of circle back to Hollywood and what we're finding out more and more about Hollywood every day, that it's a dark place with gatekeepers, and it's sexually motivated, and it's just a very dark place, and I really, as I always say on this podcast, encourage everybody, when you find out about some of these things, try your best not to worship these celebrities anymore. I understand you might like Kendall Jenner's makeup or Kylie Jenner's makeup, 
But at the end of the day, these celebrities are putting forth an image that for us as humans is hard to obtain without millions of dollars. They're brainwashing little girls to think they have to be more beautiful than they already are. They're brainwashing boys to feel like they have to carry a gun and be a gangster sometimes or sell drugs to be cool or not show their emotions. It's really this huge brainwashing operation, but that's a whole nother tangent I could go on. So let's talk about the transcript from the Cat Williams and Shannon Sharp interview, and then we'll talk about some of the fallout because there have been reactions to the Cat Williams interview, and even one or two people who have directly responded to the claims Cat Williams made against them in the interview. So let me read some things out of the transcript that stuck out to me, and then we'll add a little commentary in terms of my opinion towards them and go from there. The first part of the transcript, somewhere around the 21 minute and 26 second mark of Club Shay Shay's official podcast, and Kat remarks these remarks about Kevin Hart. He states, no one in Hollywood has memory of going to a sold out Kevin Hart show. There being a line for him ever getting a standing ovation at any comedy club, he already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to Los Angeles and in his first year had his own sitcom on network TV and had his own movie called Soul Plane that he was the lead for? No, we've never heard of that before. That person or since that person, what do you think a plant is? He then states, maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words. He, talking about Kevin Hart, just did his documentary with Chris Rock, where he shows you that his entire upbringing in comedy was on the East Coast. Yeah, it was. So how simultaneously was he here in Los Angeles doing the same thing? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I hate to be or seem like a petty individual for picking apart lies, but you can only keep lying until we say we don't believe you. Like it's important in the checks and balances of the universe that liars not get to make complete narratives for themselves. So I want to comment on that first and foremost and say for a long time, people have been suggesting that Kevin Hart was an industry plant. Now, an industry plant is somebody like Ice Spice is claimed to be an industry plant, somebody who basically makes it on the scene. It's not like they have a tremendous uh, background to where they have all the credentials to make it in rap. Someone like Nicki Minaj would not be an industry plant. She's somebody who gained her stripes and had been rapping in New York for years and earned her reputation, earned her stripes. Somebody like Ice Spice, they would say, is an industry plant. Not that I'm claiming she is, but just in theory, it would be somebody who burst on the scene out of nowhere, doesn't have a lot of credentials, doesn't have a lot of history in terms of the entertainment that they enter, and all of a sudden they skyrocket. Now, the idea of an industry plant is somebody who is hand-selected to basically skyrocket into fame, and they are somebody who's trusted. Maybe they have blackmail on them, talking about Hollywood producers, etc. Epstein Island type stuff, who knows? Uh, but maybe they have blackmail on this person enough to the fact at least they think this person can be easily controlled by Hollywood. So Kevin Hart is somebody who, in my mind, not that he's not funny, but he's never been the funniest person in the world. And at a point in my life when I was like 20, I thought he was really funny. But as you get older, you start to realize maybe he's not the most funny. His delivery is good, but his jokes really aren't that authentic. And you start to wonder why he has such a push from Hollywood. He was literally in like every comedy movie. He's always at events talking about in entertainment, whether that be NFL events 
We've seen him at not hockey events, but NFL events, NBA events, all-star break type of stuff. He is always in the mix when it comes to Hollywood. So Cat Williams very well may have sour grapes with Kevin Hart, and some would say that's because Kevin Hart has achieved the things Cat Williams could not. But Cat Williams refutes that on this podcast and points to the fact that he never had to sell his soul for the push that Kevin Hart got. So you hear him speak about there, Kevin Hart really had not established any type of reputation or stripes in L.A. Cat claims that once he made it to L.A., he was basically handed a network sitcom and basically handed the Soul Plane movie. And ever since then, it's like Kevin Hart has skyrocketed. But there's more he gets into with Kevin Hart as well as other comedians, which we'll talk about in a moment. Also, I did want to point out the fact that multiple times through the interview, Shannon Sharp, who is very involved in the industry, he's somebody who his trajectory is up in terms of he started on ESPN or is on ESPN now. He started on FS1, I'm sorry, with Skip Bayless, started there. Now he's moved on to ESPN. Now he's doing some high-ranking interviews on his YouTube channel. He's certainly somebody who is involved in the industry And his career is basically on an upwards trajectory. So you'll hear Shannon Sharp not interrupt, but interject with Cat Williams a few times, almost to kind of let Cat Williams know, hey, you're kind of speaking out of pocket here. Maybe we could tone it down. So at this point, he does just that. At a point after Cat Williams is speaking about Kevin Hart and liars in the industry, Shannon Sharp says, are you not afraid about being blackballed again? These are some powerful people. So Shannon Sharp, when he's hearing Cat Williams talk about some of these industry secrets and some of the truth behind the industry, uh, he's actually kind of trying to get Cat to refrain from talking about this multiple times throughout the interview, of course, to no avail. So when he says, are you afraid of being blackballed again? These are some powerful people. He's acknowledging some of the things that Cat Williams is saying. He's not disputing them openly. So keep that in mind. Cat Williams would respond, what do you mean again? These people are not powerful. Satan can't create anything. That includes blessings for his people. That's why. Do you know what the number one job in Hollywood is for somebody who sold their soul? It's to act like it didn't happen. They all do the same job. Why do you think Gary Owen, who's a fellow comedian, can't cross over and he already is white and has been in comedy for 25 years? If that ain't the case... Well, it's the cabal, he says. It's a consortium. Then they rock with who they rock with, and they don't with who they don't. But I'm not scared of being the competition anymore. So right there, we literally hear Cat Williams referring to the cabal, which has been known as an occult term. Many people who have done documentaries, etc., have referred to the cabal as the club that we can't get in, and it's the people behind the scenes who are really pulling the strings, the people who we don't know who are in control of the world, such as something as powerful as the entertainment industry, the stock market, etc., foreign policy, etc., the people behind the scenes pulling the strings who we don't see. So Cat Williams is referring to the industry as a cabal, a.k.a. a clique that me and you are not in. So I just wanted to mention that. That was very interesting to me. And at a certain point, he even proclaims his love for God and says, Satan cannot make anything or destroy anything. God is with me and Satan is with them. And therefore, I am not scared to be their competition because God will always prevail over Satan. Truer words have never been spoken. 
it was at this point in the interview I started to realize the spectrum of what Mr. Cat Williams was speaking about during this interview was deeper than most people would be willing to perceive. But nonetheless, it's about good versus evil, something we've talked about multiple times on the Between the Lies podcast, and Cat Williams is actually echoing that sentiment in this interview. Let's go over a few other things he spoke about, which I thought exposed a lot of truth and definitely warrant giving a reaction to. At a certain point, he's talking about the us versus them mentality and good versus evil, referring to himself as good and the industry as evil, and he speaks about Harvey Weinstein. He says, they canceled me for talking about Harvey Weinstein before the thing even came out, but he offered to suck my penis in front of all the people at my agency. What am I supposed to do? He did all of that. He would continue and say, I'm thinking I'm the only black person on the script. I get there, it's three other black guys in there. So you wonder what they did to get there, says Shannon Sharp. I told him, no, what y'all do is what y'all do, and when I walk in a room, heads go down behind my back. I'm nothing. I'm just a regular old comedian that's bitter and jealous. He's obviously sarcastic in stating those two things. But in my face, no, no, no. The king has walked in, and they have to respect it because I have not taken the shortcuts. I've not been funded. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about. They tell you that themselves. I can't do that. Again, we hear Cat Williams referring to the entertainment industry and Harvey Weinstein specifically, even claiming that Harvey Weinstein tried to commit a sexual act upon him and said this pretty openly and freely in front of his agency. Of course, we're taking Cat Williams' word for that. I mean, I don't know why that's something that somebody would make up. Nonetheless, it's a constant reminder that Hollywood is filled with these type of evil vultures that are like gatekeepers in the game. We have people like Harvey Weinstein, people like Jeffrey Epstein. Now we're hearing more about P. Diddy, which is even something Cat Williams will mention later in the interview. There's a lot of these so-called gatekeepers in the game who basically you have to go through to get to the next level of the game. And many celebrities over time have spoken about this freely. Cat Williams is not the first at all. He also speaks about the fact that celebrities are bought and their opinions are bought. Therefore, they're paying you not to say anything. So a lot of times interviewers get in a room with a celebrity and they ask them the Illuminati question or they ask Kevin Hart before, will you ever wear a dress? And after that, it was, well, why did you put the dress on? Basically, these comedians, actors, actresses, for the most part, they stay true to the people who are paying them throughout these interviews and they completely deny any wrongdoing or they'll write anybody off who believes they're in the Illuminati as a crazy conspiracy theorist. Cat Williams is speaking directly on that and saying they pay you not to talk. I thought that was something interesting we should note as well. But continuing, Cat Williams would go on to state that he had been offered $50 million four different times from big wigs in the entertainment industry and instead elected not to take the money because he knew he would have to sacrifice his integrity. He even refers to his integrity once or twice as his virgin hole, again insinuating that to get through Hollywood, you have to sacrifice your body and do embarrassing things that you would never do to obtain the money. He states, I've had to turn down $50 million four times because P. Diddy wants to party and you got to tell him no. I mean, reading that alone with all the allegations against P. Diddy and some of the dots people have been connecting for the past couple months, 
about P. Diddy, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. I believe that he's probably telling the truth when he's saying this. He even states, I got the receipts for everything I'm telling you to Shannon Sharp. He would later go on to state that Martin tried to put me in my first dress, of course referring to Martin Lawrence, the fellow movie star. He would state that Martin Lawrence years before had promised him a movie role when he got back from a hiatus that Martin had taken from Hollywood. He even promised Cat that it would be a buddy cop movie according to Cat Williams himself. Instead, according to Cat, the script was Big Mama's House 2, which will go over the idea of the movie. It is literally Martin Lawrence as some sort of special agent who's undercover and dresses as an older grandma. And it just lends more credibility to the theory we've seen in Hollywood for a long time is that the African-American actors in Hollywood, mostly the males, for whatever reason, to take the next step in their fame or their entertainment level, the amount of people they're reaching, the type of money they're making, at some point they have to put on a dress and basically dress and drag. And this is known as something that they aren't electing to do themselves. Nonetheless, the Hollywood producers are approaching them and asking them to wear the dress. I actually first learned about this from Dave Chappelle. He had an interview with Oprah. I'm going to play a little clip of it. I didn't want to play the Cat Williams stuff because I'm afraid it's so new it'll definitely get copyrighted. But I do want to play a little clip of Dave Chappelle talking about the dress phenomenon. And we'll get into kind of what it's all about or what at least that I theorize it's all about as well. This clip is Dave Chappelle on The Oprah Show, and this was right before Dave Chappelle decided to drop everything in Hollywood. He turned down millions of dollars to continue to be in Hollywood at the forefront of comedy as well, and he decided to go to Africa. So he was on The Oprah Show shortly before he takes his hiatus, and this is what he had to say. There is to a degree. Like, when I connect dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, I don't know, but certain dots, like when I see that they put every black man and the movies in a dress at some point in their career. I've been connecting them down like, why wow, all these brothers gonna wear a dress? This happened to me. I'm doing a movie with Martin. Yeah. The movie's going good. So I walk in a trailer. I'm like, man, this must be the wrong trailer because there's a dress in here. <laughs> they come in. It's the writer comes in. I think he's the writer. He's like, Dave, listen, we got this hilarious scene where Martin's sneaking out of jail. So he disguises you as a prostitute. <laughs> and he put this dress on. And, huh? What? A prostitute? No, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't feel comfortable with it. Like, that should have been in a discussion. What? You don't feel comfortable with it. I mean, it's a hilarious bit. All the greats have done it. So, well, if all the greats have done it, it's kind of hacky, right? You're right. So why don't we just not do it? Because I don't feel comfortable wearing a dress. Oh, come on, Dave. Listen, we, we got it all set up. We are supposed to shoot. Every, every minute you waste costs this much money. You no, know, the pressure comes in. Huh. He said, I'm, nah, I'm not wearing no dress, man. I'm funnier than a dress. Just give me something funny to say. I don't even wear no dress to be funny. What am I, Milton Berle? You know, we're going like this. And then finally he's like, ah. And he, he leaves. And then, like, the director comes, Dave. It really would be great if you wear the dress. What is wrong? What is this, uh, Brokeback Mountain in here? So, so then, <laughs> Come on, David, would be so great. I mean, and then I started thinking about it. 
all the comics that I've seen, man, you know, strong brothers, why, why are they putting us in these dresses? But the minute it was clear, I was adamant, I'm not wearing a dress, I'm not wearing the dress. All right, fine, think of something else. That comes back 10 minutes later, the whole new scene, hot damn, how did you write the scene so fast? You know, it's like, so you gotta take a stand. Wow, so there we hear Dave Chappelle echoing the same exact sentiment as Cat Williams about the industry. He talks about being propositioned himself at some point in his career and adamantly turning it down. Again, protecting his integrity and his values. For whatever reason, Hollywood, for the longest time, has tried to put strong African-American males, whether that be a comic or an actor or a mix of both, into these dresses for scenes and it's something that they're not electing to do it's something more so that they feel like they have to do to continue their career it really makes you wonder about somebody like little nas x now many people in little nas x past have basically confirmed that he was just a normal kid growing up many people from his past have also said he was never gay but then once he blew up old town road hit it wasn't a gay single there was nothing homosexual about it and I want to make obvious that I have nothing against homosexuality. I'm simply speculating at the fact that the entertainment industry is maybe making some people do things that they aren't comfortable with. So many people have said that Little Nas X is actually just playing this role, and that's what's allowed him to further his career. Again, that's just pure speculation. But there's a lot of that going on in Hollywood, especially with African-American males. There is some infatuation with Hollywood in basically feminizing these strong African-American men. Throughout the whole entire interview, which I urge you to listen to as well, Cat Williams is speaking up against the industry, and I highly commend him for that. I put my hands together for that. It's actually something that needs to be done more, and I wish that more actors, actresses, comedians, musicians, etc. would speak up against the industry. I believe personally that it is inherently evil, and we're seeing proof of this all the time. You're seeing people like Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein so closely related to the stars. Something is going on in Hollywood, and all these people are involved in it in some way, shape, or form. And even if they're not directly involved in it, having knowledge of it is also being directly involved of it, at least in my mind. We have people like P. Diddy who are supposedly gate holders for Hollywood, as in you have to party with P. Diddy to make it to the next level. We have more things coming out about that every single day. It's a further reminder to me, based on the entire Cat Williams interview, that we should not worship Hollywood. Instead, we should basically leave them to their own devices. At the end of the day, Hollywood is entertainment, but we can't be so caught up in trying to be these people, and that's a sentiment I will echo for the rest of my life especially on the Between the Lies podcast. So let's not get caught up in the celebrity and all that type of stuff because there's so much sick stuff going on in Hollywood, we should actually boycott it. Nonetheless, as always, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. My next episode, I'm going to be dropping the following Sunday. I'm sorry, this Sunday coming up, it being Monday night, Tuesday night when you're listening to this. I'll be dropping it on Sunday. More about the missing 411 and some of the circumstances in which these people go missing from national parks, which is just fascinating. Literally, some of them just disappearing. So, as always, I am your fearless host of the Between the Lies podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. Until next time.
signing off. I'll admit it, I'm ashamed of my ways. Took way more than a song for me to change all my ways, for real. Way I maneuver through the snaking and the faking like I did this shit before, then watch it all fade away. Damn, I'm afraid to eventually see the day that she tell me she never loved me and watch it all fade to gray. Hey, this how I feel when the pills is all you can take. This how I feel when you duck in divine fate, yeah. Might have got lost in this maze. Gotta harness all this pressure that could make a man break. Gotta channel all the love, somehow avoid all this hate. Once I lost a couple loved ones, it was too much to take, I swear. I used to dream about a house in the hills. Know a thousand rappers flipping for a 360 deal, that's real. I would rather pass these wounds up and heal. First I bleed up on this record, tell you all how it feels, for real.